0: We're offering 15% off a yearly digital subscription to Vanity Fair. Visit VanityFair.com today and use promo code POD15. That's VanityFair.com, promo code POD15 for 15% off a yearly digital subscription to everything you want.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Empower. It doesn't matter how much money you have, we all have money questions. Empower is here to answer those questions so you don't have to worry. Take control of your financial future with a real-time dashboard and real live conversations to empower what's next. Start today at empower.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. She is so cool. Like, even you would borrow clothes from her. I would only borrow
0: clothes from Rihanna on our honeymoon
2: in Greece. Hello, and welcome to Still Watching, a weekly television podcast from Vanity Fair. I'm Chris Murphy. This week, we're doing a special episode with a deep dive into the new Hulu show, The Other Black Girl.
0: Nella, come. There's someone you have to meet.
2: Hazel, this is Nella. Nella, meet Hazel Mae McCall, my new assistant. Really? The hit novel by Zakia Delila Harris is about an editorial assistant named Nella Rogers, who is the only Black woman working at a publishing house, until a new assistant named Hazel arrives. Is it weird of me to say that it's just really nice that you're here? Girl, I get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, now look, right back at you.
2: If you have any questions. I have questions about all of it. Soon, strange things start to happen and Nella uncovers the disturbing truth about her employers at Wagner Books. I just want you to have everything. All it takes is just one little compromise. Little? This is some get out shit! All of the episodes have dropped on Hulu, so be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. I got a chance to talk to executive producers Jordan Redout and Gus Hickey. And a bit of fine print... This interview was coordinated with their personal representatives in accordance to the WGA strike rules. They are participating in this chat in their capacity as executive producers. Enjoy the conversation. Thanks for yeah coming on and still watching, Gus and Jordan. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I got to know, just because the book, The Other Black Girl, came out in 2021. It was like such a big deal it sort of was everywhere like that I can see the (laughs) the front cover in my head how immediately did you know oh this should be a television show can you talk a little bit about the process in terms of your first introduction to the book
0: definitely I, I read it when it came out and was very um immediately attached to it and and Made sure everyone in my family read it and all my friends and was just sort of like shouting from the rooftops about it. And, you know, totally unconnected to this show at all, just as a fan, just because I really um, mm. connected with Nella's story and her journey and it really resonated for me. And then when we saw that they were making it into a TV show, Rashida Jones and Zakia, we called our reps and we were like, whatever you have to do whatever whatever babies you have to sacrifice like get us Mm -hmm. on this show please
3: i mean we we turned down jobs we We turned down other jobs because we were because we were waiting we were we were holding out hope to be we chose to be unemployed rather than miss the opportunity to work on this show it's true we did perhaps unwisely but but it worked out
2: (laughs) it worked out in the end and I guess adapting a book, too, it's, that's got to be tricky in terms of, you mm-hmm. know, eh, you know, ex, expanding it to 10 episodes or maybe it, is, it isn't even about expanding it. I would love to know, like, did you feel like you had to sort of like blow open the story a little bit or how how closely yeah. did you adhere to the novel?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we I think we got really lucky that Zakia and Rashida saw a lot of the same things that we saw in the book in terms of how it could become a television show and luckily we also got to work with them very closely they wrote the pilot episode Zakia was in the room and we had anything that we wanted to add or expand upon in the book it was really great to like kind of like look in the zoom box and look at Zakia and be like can we do this? <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> and she was like, "Yes, of course, of course you can." And and um, or I mean, maybe you yeah. know, sometimes the ideas were bad. I'm sure, but she was very collaborative, very willing to change things. And specifically, like on one of the very one of the very first days of the room, she came in and she was like, "I just want everyone to know that like I am not Nella." I am not that character. You can mm. you can say things, you can make her do things and you don't have to worry about like offending me or thinking that you're talking about me and I I am divorcing myself from this person. So that was she was just the perfect collaborator. Both of them I think were very important to the process
0: and having Zakia there like he said was um was great but also Rashida I think like you know she first of all she's Rashida Jones. She knows music very well. Mm. And so a lot of the really cool music choices that I've seen actually like spotlighted in a lot of the um, reviews are Rashida choices. Um, and she had a very strong point of view on the music. Um, and she also just, she, she's very smart. <laughs> she's very smart. And she knows, and she's been in this industry a long time. And she had a lot of it's hard to even know how to, to describe the ideas that she brought to the table. There's like one really fantastic sequence at the opening of episode seven that is hers. That's really her sequence that she discovered in post-production. It was just such an amazing thing to watch come together. Um, and it's so exciting to have collaborators like that because we've been on shows that are based on IP, shows that existed and shows that didn't ever make it to air. and. It is it can be very difficult um to work with creators who are not um who are not open, who are not collaborative. And it can be a very painful process for everyone involved. And this was truly the opposite of that.
2: Oh, that's so lovely to hear as a, a you know big Rashida fans who so would love to hear that we'd love to hear you know <laughs> that people are as lovely as they seem yeah. i do want to sort of uh, I, I know you mentioned episode seven i want to sort of talk a little bit about nella's arc and how the show i have to say i haven't read the book yet now i definitely really want to read the book so i went in not really knowing exactly where it was going to go and Ooh. i will say the arc from where it starts nella's arc um you know from you know working to publishing and being you know basically the only black woman, at her, the only black woman at her office, which mm-hmm. is something I have definitely related to from school to yeah. jobs and whatnot. It was definitely an experience that I know a lot about. To then we get to like sort of a completely different territory by the end of the yeah. season in terms of getting more into the, the thriller of it all. Mm-hmm. How did you sort of um, map out sort of like the tonal shifts and getting us from point A to point B? Because it's, it really does sort of swing like a pendulum.
0: Yeah. yeah. Carefully, <laughs> very, very carefully <laughs> and, and with much revision. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it, it, it took a lot. I mean, it took a lot to map it all out. Thank God we had the, the blueprint of the book to go from. I mean, we did deviate from it, but, um, we just, you know, we used the wonderful brains in our writer's room and, and milk them for all they were worth. And, uh, really tried to balance. It was very important to us to never lose the comedic side of things. You know, we we come from a comedy background mm-hmm. and um, we also just sort of like philosophically believe that stories that are very, very painful need some humor to to elevate them. And And we also just like have always told stories about outsiders and are outsiders ourselves as a black woman and a gay man. And so we... Our philosophy, sort of like our way of looking at the world, is that things are very heavy. Things can feel very tragic. And so you have to laugh. You have to laugh or you're going to cry. Um, and so that was very important to us to remember throughout this, the process of making this show, that Nella's story, Hazel's story, the entire arc of the show could feel, and I think does feel sometimes, very heavy but because it is because it's it's uh, an intense subject matter but we really tried to balance that out with the humor because i think that is certainly my reality that even on my saddest days i have laughed at something you know so that's that was really sort of like the guiding one of the guiding principles tonally for us
2: you can totally feel that i mean the humor it, it does stay with uh, throughout the whole entire uh Series. I mean, Malaika's so funny. <laughs> yeah. N- N- Nell is so funny. I, the casting, really, to nail these different characters, is, it's sort of crucial Um, to believe that, you know, Hazel is as fabulous and as, mm-hmm. just as cool as possible. Yeah. It's just, it's really important to the story. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, finding the actors and sort of working, how much did you work with the actors in terms of crafting their performance? Obviously, they are directors and, you know, people that are more hands-on but I'm always interested in how executive producers how much they're really you know they're creatively involved necessarily in casting and and the acting aspect of it
3: oh yeah I mean we we were we were there for all of it we were in every casting session and it was it we saw a lot of very very talented actors and it was just sort of undeniable with Ashley and with Sinclair that it was like Oh yeah yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. Brittany. Like, and Brittany and, too and, and Brittany.
3: And Brittany, I mean, yeah, of course. And and I mean, Bellamy, I mean, I think everybody. And and yeah. it was just sort of very very clear and they brought things to it that we didn't even expect and we didn't even see and it, I think Ashley's warmth and Ashley's humanity was something that we were so happy with and so surprised by because then you can really get onto Hazel's side and you really want, in this show, you really want to question, not only for the purposes of the plot, like, is what's going on with this woman, but you also, you don't want everybody to be a mustache-twirling villain and an angel. Like, you want... Nuance. Nella's going to make mistakes. Hazel's going to do good things. Everyone's going to... Everyone's going to make choices and everyone's going to make sacrifices. And, and I think that that's sort of what the show is about in uh, the grand scheme of things. But I think that the actors, we got so lucky and
0: they're also nice. They're also like, (laughs) oh yeah, they're They're also, they were also, I mean, very like professional and very hardworking and it felt like a, um, I keep saying collaborative, my god, but really that is the word to describe this show. I mean, they they brought so much to their characters that I think you really that made it all the way to the to the final edit and I think, you know, Ashley in particular because of her warmth and because of like she's just like a nice person. <laughs> she's like a sweet person. And I think that she opened our eyes to the possibility that Hazel really does want to be friends with Nella, you know, because, spoiler alert for the book, that's not really how she is in the book. And so we we shifted that a little
2: bit. Are there other things that you specifically remember shifting? And what was the Purpose? Why did you make that decision? I mean, it makes a lot of sense because you sort of like, oh, you want to be friends with Hazel. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's. We wanted to be friends with
2: her. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was like, oh my god, I, I, yeah, I wish I had Hazel in my office. And then it, when it turns, it gets it that fear and that that it, the turn is really it's more shocking and it's more emotionally arresting. I think because of because of that.
3: Yeah, I think I think for us the main. Thing in terms of if if we changed anything um, from the book, our main question that we wanted to ask with the show is how much of yourself are you willing to sacrifice in order to succeed, specifically in the in corporate America. And everybody, every character on the show answers that question differently. And because it is, there is no right answer, and there's no wrong answer. And well, I mean, maybe there's a wrong answer if you watch if you watch the <laughs> whole show. <laughs> if you yeah. watch the entire show, maybe there's a wrong answer. But you <laughs> but you want to understand where everyone's coming from when they make that choice. And I think um luckily with a television show versus a book, you can go into other characters' perspectives. So I think that the thing that we probably changed the most was that you see more of Malaika, you see more of Hazel, um, mm-hmm. you see more of Diana. And I think that you kind of get this more rounded understanding of what this, what the horror of the workplace is really about. Um, and just by virtue of the fact that we got, we get so much time on a television show that you don't get in a book.
2: I, I love that you just use the phrase horror of the workplace just because, you know, and I'm... <laughs> Which I, I love. I love my job. No, I love my job. I love <laughs> all my colleagues. And I'm not talking about this specific workplace, but sometimes... No, not this one. This one's perfect. <laughs> this one's perfect, but I, there are workplaces that are horrific places or can feel like you're living in a horror film. Yeah, we've you know, been in them. <laughs> doing the office chit-chat. And that, even just, you know, watching Nella navigate that as, you know, as a Black woman, you know, at, and having to, you know, the constant microaggressions from... You know, everyone from Maisie to, to um, you know, Vera to the hilarious office oh, friend. Oh, Sophie.
3: <laughs> Did you read that piece I sent? The token in the corporate machine being black in a white workplace. Did you read it in the last 30 seconds? It is such an important topic. Full, full shout out to Kate Owens, who was just... A- astounding Amazing. in that part she was anytime anytime we could use her we were like we've got to have Sophie we got to bring Sophie back
2: bring Sophie back and her <laughs> bad cookies bring them back Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but it, just adding so having that as a baseline of like the workplace being you know sometimes a horror show and then adding actual horror elements mm-hmm. and I think you were talking about the music cues before. I mean, the, the, the tension mm-hmm. of you know Nella walking through the workplace and the lights going one by one by one and, mm-hmm. and the, uh, you know, the soundtrack underneath. Yeah, how much did you want to lean into it? Before, you know, mm-hmm. Going like full get out like horror <laughs> story or letting it grow and build as the season goes on, which I think is what happens. It starts as just, okay, work sucks, but then it gets more and more and more intense. It escalates from there.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I yeah. think, you know, we wanted to be strategic with um, where things were really heightened and where things leaned more sort of like supernatural versus where they were more grounded. And I think it really hopefully follows Nella's emotional reactions, you know, and what she when she's feeling the most sort of stressed or um, oppressed and those moments are supposed to follow like her emotional mental state
3: yeah and and shout out to Emily Sankofa who's our um brilliant oh composer who did such a wonderful job and it's such a unique sound that I we were so happy that it doesn't at least to us it doesn't really sound like another television show that we've we, yeah. we've heard the score for we were like wow this is so special to this show and it does every genre we need and I think also just, Giving more credit to Zakia because her brilliant concept of like, when you for so many people, for so many marginalized people, the workplace can feel like you're in a horror movie. But the main thing about that is like, you're like, is this all in my head? Is this all fucking in my head? Am like, am I, yeah. am I imagining this? Am, am I, I the, the only, crazy? <laughs> am I the only person who sees this? Like, that was fucking crazy. Am I the only person who noticed that? And then for Zakia to be like, well, what if that is true? <laughs> what if it actually is, is a horror story? Um, and that it, it just uh, was, it was so fun. And it's, it's just such a brilliant idea.
2: Still watching, we'll be back in just a moment. And when we return, more with the other Black Girls executive producers, Jordan Redout and Gus Hickey.
0: The Oscars are almost upon us, which means now is the time to start catching up on all of the buzz from this year's award season. I'm Katie Rich. I'm one of the hosts of Vanity Fair's Little Gold Men podcast. Every week, we cover the ups and downs of the Oscar race, from Barbenheimer to the Golden Globes
1: controversy, and much more. We also have weekly interviews with some of the year's biggest contenders, like Emma Stone,
3: I mean, that's how you know you really love and trust and respect someone—is that we can absolutely fight.
1: Paul Giamatti. It's like holy. F-. <laughs> he just nailed this f- out of that. Sorry.
0: <laughs> and America Ferrera. It's like yeah. people standing around for hours just waiting to like be a part of this cultural moment. Whether you're a Hollywood insider or just want to win your office's Oscar pool, listen to Little Gold Men, available on Apple Podcasts or wherever
1: you're listening now. The questions around retirement have gotten tiring. Instead of, have you saved up enough? Shouldn't they be asking, what is it that you love to do? And how can we help you keep doing it? The truth is, you're not slowing down. Lincoln Financial Group, marketing name for Lincoln National Corporation and its insurance companies and broker-slash-dealer affiliate Lincoln Financial Distributors, Inc. Copyright 2024, Lincoln National Corporation. This episode is brought to you by Empower. Can you retire early? Will there be enough money to leave an inheritance? Do you have savings for life's important milestones? If you have money questions, Empower has answers so you don't have to worry. With a real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you can get clarity on your real-life financial goals. Join 18 million Americans and take control of your financial future to empower what's next. Start today at Empower.com.
2: Something that I loved about the show, and maybe this is a hot take, but I don't think it's a hot take. It's so great to see so many like, sort of different variations of you know, Black womanhood and to see some... Not to be spoilery, but some evil black <laughs> female characters to let to, to let them go full villain mode. Instead yeah. of you know, we we constantly have this trope of you know the wise black female therapist or you mm. know the, the yes. caretaker, someone who is there to support, and then to put uh, you know a black female characters at the center and also have them be complicated and sometimes unlikable and sometimes do mm-hmm. absolutely crazy things. <laughs> I found that to be Really thrilling, no,
0: thank you. It was very intentional. It was very, very intentional. Mm-hmm. I mean, our writer's room was what ninety percent black women. It was like all black women, yeah. Gus and one white woman, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and so it was like, yeah, Gus is our our lone man, our lone white man, and um you know, we all we're all different. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> we are not a monolith. Um, And so it was very exciting to be able to take the experiences of all these different black women in the writer's room and then put them in the show in the form of these various black female characters. Um, and I think it was also exactly like you said, it was very important to us to show some messiness, to show some imperfect black women because there is so much pressure to be a perfect black woman but um it mm. it it was just a very i mean i think it was a cathartic exercise for a lot of us and i think in particular that you know we keep referring to episode 7 the the hair party was like you know yeah in the first weeks of the room we went around and we talked about what were some key elements from the book that we needed to maintain in this adaptation and the hair party was a resounding answer was just everybody was like, we must, we must, we must see that scene. Um, And I think it was, it's one of my favorite episodes because you really get this scent. Not only is it, you get all of these different black women and all of their different perspectives, but I think it has one of my favorite scenes in it, which is that not to be too spoilery, but it has that bathroom scene um, with Malaika and Nella.
2: Okay, I'm sorry that I don't sit around at a desk and send emails that say, let's circle back on this. No, I'm sorry. Just because those girls went to fancy schools and had fancy jobs doesn't mean they understand you better than I do. You can always be yourself around me.
0: Always. Which is really about class and why is Malika not on their radar, but Nella is, you know? And so that was another thing that we... We're thrilled to be able to have a conversation about that. I have never seen in a, in a movie or TV show.
3: Yeah, and and to to your earlier question about like what drew us to the book, I, part of it was the fact that like oh, there's so many black female characters to explore, including the ones that do some awful things, and that yes. is so, mm-hmm. and that is so fun. And I know that the I know that the actors who got to play those roles we're also very excited to play those roles <laughs> because it was were. something unique and and special is there
2: a particular sequence or episode or scene that stands out to you as your favorite and then also I would love to know your you know your favorite sequence but then also one that was very difficult to shoot was there something that was really hard to to shoot
0: well I, you know I can actually answer the difficult one first because it not difficult isn't totally the right word, but, but very um, important was all of episode nine. <laughs> episode nine was just such a, um, was a labor of love from us and from Zakia and from Ashley. And I think, you know, Ashley really wanted it to, wanted to do it justice. And really, it was very important to her. And, and it was also Um, directed by Mariama Diallo, who also did our pilot and, or first episode, I should say. And she, that like creative meeting of the minds, I don't know why I'm naming this as difficult, but I just remember it to be um, one that everyone really wanted to get right. And, and I think we made something really beautiful in the end, but I just like those few days on set of shooting that episode were some of my favorite days from the whole season because it was so clear how, how much it mattered to everybody.
3: Totally. And I, 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 in addition to the Malika Nella scene in the bathroom, when they have this conversation about like, just because these people are of the same class as you doesn't mean that they understand you more than I understand you. That's like, I love that scene. But I will also say to 109, one of my favorite things that we kind of had to fight to keep is there's a there's a joke at the end of 109 after this, like, incredibly serious episode that is, like, very meaningful and very well-made and actually acts the hell out of this fucking episode. And then <laughs> Eric McCormick has this, like, very stupid joke at the end. And it to me, it was like, this is so important to keep because here's this thing, I, I I don't want to spoil it, but it's like, here is this thing that has been revealed. It's a very emotional episode too. This very emotional thing has been revealed and you know the truth about these people now. And then you also see that like, oh my god this is ridiculous this person is yeah. also this person is also ridiculous even though he, it, you know i i, I hate I, i'm spoiling everything so i'm just stop talking
2: <laughs> no but it's great and now people know to look out for that joke because it really yeah. does it does <laughs> you're not expecting to sort of be in a laughing place by the time you reach that point of the episode and then when it hits it really it really hits um thinking about some of the characters so i have to admit obviously not, I'm not going to say obviously, but obviously I'm a big Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fan. And so <laughs> to have Garcelle, um acting, uh, you know, in your television show is so fantastic. I do wonder, was there as, were there cameras on set to film <laughs> Garcelle? Was like a meta moment of like, you know, she's on set doing uh. the other black girl and then you got the Real Housewives cameras. Did that ever happen?
3: It did not. I'm sad to say. I'm so sorry. We didn't we didn't have any overlap. Yeah. But we but I will Mm. say Garcelle is booked and busy. Garcelle was coming. Garcelle (laughs) was coming from a movie that she had just produced and starred in. And then she was leaving immediately to go to do Real Housewives. So she was work. That woman works and she works hard (laughs) and she is great. We we love Garcelle. She's
0: again, and I keep saying everybody was nice and professional, but because Garcelle is another person who was really nice and really professional and is just like a normal person is very grounded and like very easy to to talk to and wanted to talk about her character and loved, loved all of her delicious moments of like anytime she got to be anytime she got to be a little like messy or evil, Garcelle was living for it. She, (laughs) She And she did such a great job with it
2: it ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger. It's not fully, re- it's not fully resolved. Um, does that mean there is a hope for, you know, potentially a second season or is that, or is too soon to tell? There
0: is, there is a hope. <laughs> there is a hope for sure. I mean, I think, you know, I, you, ha- you haven't read the book, but, um, you know, the book and the show have two different twists at the end. And so, um Part of what that ending is, is we we were seeking something. We were really trying to like arc out Nella for this season. And we thought that the way that the show ends is a, a more rounded way for that character to end this arc that we tell in the show. And so, um, but it also is a way to continue to tell stories and uh, for her in, in a second season and gives her a whole new game that she has to play and a whole new tightrope she has to walk. And then of course there will be, there would be if there was a season two, uh, a new mystery as well.
3: Yes. And uh, you know, if, the AMPTP decides to pay writers and actors. Perhaps there will be a season two, but that will yeah. have to happen first, AMPTP. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> they they will have to do that first. Yeah. Actually, that is very true. There's one big sort of roadblock yes. in, <laughs> in the way as of now. That is true. Um, wow. I'm well, I'm I'm hopeful. I think I thought it was so Thank so great you. and so fun and really, Thank you know, you. excellent. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So that's it for this episode of Still Watching. Please send us your questions, concerns, comments, feelings of injustice. Email us at stillwatchingpod at gmail.com or find me on social media at Christress. This has been Still Watching from Vanity Fair. Our producer is Emily Elias and we had production help from Peyton Hayes. We had technical assistance from Gintus Nervilla. Stephen Valentino is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Alexis Quadrado. We'll be back next Thursday with a new episode Looking forward to seeing you then.
0: And if you are watching this video, either I'm dead or I'm in a very, very, very bad situation. She said, oh my God, I can
1: hear gunshots. I can hear men outside. Where are they? What have they done to them? Are they dead? Are they not dead? There is one suspect, her father the Sheikh.
2: It's Madeline Barron from In the Dark. We've teamed up with our new colleague, Heidi Blake, at The New Yorker to try to answer a question about one of the richest men in the world, the ruler of Dubai.
0: Why do the women in Sheikh Mohammed's family keep trying to run away?
1: There's five policemen outside and two policewomen inside the house. So basically I'm a hostage.
0: And he reminded me that Sheikh Mohammed can get me anywhere.
1: Because you're a rich and powerful person, you can effectively break any
0: law you want in our country and get away with it.
2: The Runaway Princesses is available now. Follow In the Dark wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This episode was brought to you by Empower. Are you ready for life's important milestones? What will your retirement look like? Do you know your net worth? Empower can help answer your money questions so you don't have to worry. With a real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you can get clarity on your real-life financial goals. Join 18 million Americans and take control of your financial future to empower what's next. Start today at empower.com.
0: When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love and want are checked by experts. Not just any experts, they're real people who really love these things. And they have real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, you can shop with confidence, knowing every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified real and authentic. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, slip on that watch, light up in gold, swing that handbag or step out in that streetwear, you'll get that authentic glow. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, that feeling of real is always in reach.